0: Welcome to Ms. Interpreted, her podcast of public relations and strategic communications, demystified by Kelly Fletcher and Fletcher Marketing PR. Welcome, listeners, to the Ms. Interpreted podcast. I'm Kelly Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Marketing PR, and I'm here with my colleague, Fletcher Senior
1: Strategist Mary Beth West. Happy New Year! Yes, 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 you too. It's 2020, and I'm certainly not talking about my vision.
0: me either. Keep those contact lenses popped in there. Yeah, no problem.
1: Don't fall over on me too fast.
0: We have some terrific episodes coming up in season two of Misinterpreted here in the new
1: year. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun tweaks and changes here. And I'm really excited about getting to introduce some of those. So let's start with the tweak.
0: Yes. Now that we finally have a nice stash of content of episodes in the hopper, We are going to change our schedule, at least for season two, to an every other week model. If you've ever recorded a podcast, doing it once a week or more is a lot, a lot of work. We're still going to have the same great podcasts and terrific content. We're just spacing things out a bit so that we can plan and implement an even more exciting new platform for the misinterpreted voice. And Mary Beth,
1: please do reveal. Absolutely. We are introducing a monthly Twitter chat. And I'm really excited about this, which will focus on a theme from either one of our recent episodes or maybe an episode upcoming. It will also give us a chance to be a bit in the moment with issues and trends that are going on in the industry. And the Twitter chat will be under the hashtag, you guessed it, misinterpreted. And it's going to be also an exciting new pathway, I think, for us to generate participation among our audience and some two-way dialogue on key PR and other leadership topics that are going on. And the really cool part is we are also hosting the Twitter chat in collaboration
0: with our great friends in the Public Relations and Communications Association, or PRCA. You'll remember our two-part interview with PRCA's Francis Ingham last fall. They are so collaborative and masters of helping develop content that they've graciously stepped up to serve as a promotional partner for the new misinterpreted Twitter chats.
1: Yeah, it's really good of them. And what else is new is that Fletcher P.R is rolling out a new website. So you will be able to locate more misinterpreted content more easily there and also see posted the updates on the next monthly Twitter chat coming up in 2020. So can't wait to see how all of that goes. Yeah. So
0: the website is supposed to launch January 15th. It's like birthing a child, as all of you know. Who have <laughs> I was going to ever... say
1: labor of love, yeah. emphasis on labor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> But anyway, fire up your Twitters and stay tuned for our first chat on Wednesday, January 29th. We're aiming for each chat to take place at 12 noon Eastern time on the last Wednesday of each month and we'll announce any changes to that schedule if it coincides with a holiday or whatever.
1: Yeah. So be sure to follow any day of the week, the hashtag Misinterpreted for topics and special guest hosts of the Twitter chat. And of course, just to keep tabs on the podcast in general as well. And that's hashtag MS. Interpreted, And for visibility's sake, don't forget to capitalize the PR. So stay tuned. In a moment here, Kelly is going to kick things off with a one-to-one conversation with Bob Dickey of Bonvera.
0: Welcome listeners to the Misinterpreted podcast. I'm Kelly Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Marketing PR. And my beautiful, lovely, smart co-host Mary Beth West is taking a much needed day off today. So you've just got me. So great to be here. The holiday season is over. And unfortunately, it's back to reality. It's 2020. It's really hard to believe. So today I'm very excited to have in studio with me Bob Dickey. He is the CEO of Bonvera. Bonvera is a direct sales organization in the health, wellness and lifestyle space. Hi, Bob.
2: Thanks for having me on your program. I'm quite excited. Welcome to the
0: podcast. Welcome to the podcast. So, you know, you are a jack of all trades. You've done so many things. Before taking the position with Bonvera in 2018, you were president of Crown Financial Ministries, and you've also served as CEO and president to three different global organizations. Prior to your work in the public sector, you served with the U.S. Air Force as a captain for over six years. Thank you for your service. That's my honor. He brings a wide array of experience to his role with his service on multiple boards, guests speaking on radio, television, and training events all over the world. In his spare time, he's also written two books, including The Leap, Building a Full-Time Life in a Part-Time World, and Love Your Work, Four Practical Ways to Pivot Your Best Career. Bob is a graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and the University of Arkansas with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. He is committed to lifelong learning, is currently involved in the Harvard Business School Executive Education Program. He also has a podcast called Taking the Leap with Bob Dickey. You can find that, Apple, Spotify. And I would be remiss if I did not mention you have six children.
2: I do. Yeah, that, it keeps me very, very busy and young. how <laughs> that happened?
0: <laughs> you have an amazing wife who is the glue that holds it all together. So, shout out to Brandy Dickey. You bet. So, full disclosure here Bon Vera is a client of Fletcher. Mm-hmm. But before that ever happened, I've known you for years right. because you had an office in the same building as ours on Market Square. And, you know, we used to. Have soccer taco, alarm going off 500 yes, times a day. That's right. Taco smells <laughs> wafting up to the third floor. So we got to be friends through that. And when you were president of Crown Financial Ministries, in case some of our listeners don't know, Crown is a Christian-based organization that teaches biblical financial literacy principles and literally brings them to life in very real ways for people around the world. So after 18 months, about 18 months ago, you left Crown to join Bonvera, which is a growing direct sales company. And you know, what was the catalyst for making? That's a huge leap. So you went from a Christian ministry to a direct sales company.
2: I did. Yes. It is a quite a a big leap. And I would say I have a very nonlinear career. I think you mentioned that diverse background of all the various things I've been blessed to be able to do it in my career. And that could be its its own podcast, just uh, those various experiences. And I think it's becoming more and more typical in our new global economy, the uh, various experiences that folks will have. So I absolutely loved my seven and a half years at Crown and the global work that we were doing and serving in communities, not only here within the United States, but uh, globally. But I'm also a business guy. And I was looking for the, the right time and the right opportunity if something presented itself where I could get back into the for-profit space and uh, build and lead a company. I really enjoy doing that. And uh, the, the right opportunity opened up, and that was Vera. I started doing some consulting with the board and found a company that I felt was very undervalued in a really interesting marketplace that I had uh, industry knowledge and experience in. And one thing led to another, and uh, we were able to put a deal together, buy the company, move the company from Wichita, Kansas to Knoxville, Tennessee, and okay. that's, that's been the journey.
0: So, Bob, for our listeners who aren't familiar with what a direct sales company actually does, can you enlighten us?
2: Yeah, so, typical companies that people might be familiar with would be the like an Avon, a Mary Kay, a Rodan and Fields type of model. So, it is a direct Uh, to-consumer model uh, with an independent sales force that's around the country or many times around the globe. And we cut out – the the play is you cut out all the middlemen. A lot of times you're referencing and uh, leveraging the personal relationships – and your marketing is word-of-mouth marketing. So we're finding this to be a, a very powerful mechanism today as people are looking to go direct to consumer. A word-of-mouth marketing uh, is growing. There's a lot of folks out there that are starting to kind of tune out some of the old traditional marketing and that there's just a lot of noise. And so there's a very powerful concept of a friend or a personal relationship that is saying, hey, I love this product, I love this service, I love this company. And I think it was an, a recent Nielsen survey that said 97% of people when given a powerful reference on a product or service with a family member or friend that they trust will try that particular product. So word of mouth marketing is a very powerful in the, in the economy. The other thing that we're also finding is that in, in the direct to consumer space, there's a lot of companies that are looking at ways in which they can have a direct relationship with their consumer. Right, uh, it, right now, like we, we could talk, we can go in depth about about uh, Facebook and Amazon, but both of those entities are placing themselves as a gatekeeper between brands and the end consumer. And so one of the things that we're seeing in this space is that uh, businesses who want to have a direct relationship with their consumer are finding other ways around those two kind of gatekeepers.
0: Right, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So as a marketing and PR firm, we're always trying to figure out how to do exactly what you're talking about, cut through the clutter, cut through the noise and reach female consumers. And that's why we've seen such an increase in influencer marketing, which actually is digital word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So totally get what you're saying there. I'm not sure I understood the power of this industry until we started working together. Companies like Avon and Tupperware are literally doing billions of dollars each year. Overall in the U.S., direct sales is a $34 billion industry. And this has been around for quite a while. What, like 30, 40 years? 30, 40 years. 30, mm-hmm. 40 years. And then more than 80% of the reps or at Bonvera, as you call them, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, are women.
2: It is a female-driven industry. And globally, you mentioned that it was $34 billion in annual sales here in the U.S., but globally, it's $192 billion. Uh, in global That's sales yearly. Very much a female empowerment play globally. A, a, a disproportionate amount of the entrepreneurs or reps are female. It's one of the reasons why we've engaged with you. I mean, you're, you specialize in being able to uh, help understand the female consumer and speak to the female consumer, uh, and you've done a marvelous job for us in that respect. And so I can't thank you enough. Thank
0: you. I didn't. I didn't pay him to say that. I, know I you promise, didn't. y'all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other stats that are mind blowing because I think people. If you don't understand the direct sales industry, you have no idea. You just kind of write it off as oh, that's you know some little small companies over a there, small gig, yeah, right. small gig. But more than eighteen million Americans are involved in some sort of direct sales business as a way to either supplement their incomes or build a full time business. And over seventy eight percent of Americans have actually bought a product or service from a direct sales company. So why do you think Americans and women in particular are flocking to the direct sales business model?
2: Well, I think there's a confluence of a number of really big trends that are making this sector more in vogue. Uh, I, I think back you know, 20, 30 years ago when I was getting started in my career, and this was not a very, we'll call it a typical industry for people to be looking for full-time work in. And if you take a look at what's happening around the globe, let's talk about some of those big trends that are creating a current, if you will, that is a fast-moving current. One of the things that I love about Warren Buffett, he said, if you, if you have the opportunity to invest in a trend where there's fast-moving currents within the global economy, you can be an average company and do very well if you're going with those trends. Uh, You know, his advice is don't invest or build a company in a dying industry or dying sector. And so to answer your question, I think what we're finding is a confluence of a number of market realities. We have a global economy that's been rapidly changing. With globalization, is actually what here within the United States is putting pressure on a lot of middle-class families. People are having two and three different incomes many times. We're also finding a uh, a growth of the gig economy or the freelancer economy. Uh, Today, it is very common for millennials that are exiting college, you know, a lot of them will have student loan debt, uh, they're getting started in their career, but you know you're having millennials that are renting out a room in their apartment. You know, Airbnb. They're doing Uber on this side. There's all sorts of these little uh, freelancer and gig opportunities that are picking up, and so people are looking around, saying, "Well, what what's an opportunity that I could?" partake in. I'm looking for maybe an extra income opportunity for my family. I also want something that's going to scale. And what you're seeing is a resurgence and a massive growth within this sector as people are taking a look at companies that maybe they heard about a few years ago, and now they're circling back around and taking a look at them as a not, not only a, an awesome opportunity for some great products, but there's for those who are wanting to leverage an entrepreneurial experience, it's available.
0: Well, to that point, you've written several books, and um, I'm going to reference one in a moment. Currently, we are working in our agency with another client, and then through our research for a project that we're working on, we learned that the large majority of U.S. households live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they had even $500 a month in savings, that can be transformational to a family, and in your book, Taking the Leap, you talk about the gig economy and how millennials in particular are embracing and, and to your point, really must embrace new ways to make ends meet and build wealth. Um, how does that relate to the Bonvera business model?
2: Well, so uh, Bonvera is being engineered and built to be right in the middle of the that fast-moving current that we were just talking about. Uh, so first and foremost, from, for our retail customers and uh, folks, we want to have world-class products and services that help within the health, wellness, and lifestyle space for any American. Uh, you know, we obviously have plans to go international in, in the next couple of years, but right now, focused here in the U.S., we want to have an impact in the lives of the customers that we're working with. But for those who are looking for a entrepreneurial opportunity or starting in a home-based business. Bonvera is offering an opportunity for a very modest investment up front, the ability for someone to promote great products and services that they themselves are enjoying and have an income opportunity in doing that.
0: So we're talking a modest investment of how much a it's a couple hundred dollars, right?
2: I think the, the registration to get started is $195 right? Uh, to get started. So and
0: where else can you start a business for $195? Yeah.
2: And we actually classify it as a business in a box, right. right? We want to, from soup to nuts, A to Z, we want that brand new entrepreneur to be able to get started and have everything that they need. And so taking care of all the legal documents, all the IT, the back office, the marketing, I mean, literally from soup to nuts, everything that you need. You know, it's interesting. I've had a number of friends, I mean, since... Uh, the the business background that I've been a part of and I've, I was part of the Angel uh, Capital Group here in Knoxville for many years. I've had a lot of my friends who have contacted me and say, hey, I've got this great business opportunity. I want to buy this local business. There's been uh, different retail shops and so forth. And so friends of mine will come over, we'll have dinner and I have this business plan. And the, the investment that they need to be able to get a business up and off the ground or to purchase a business, I've seen business plans from on the low end, $70,000, $80,000 dollars, all the way up to a million and a half to get get a franchise. And I'm I'm sitting back thinking, it's like, okay, you're a nurse or you're a doctor or you're a professional in some other sector. You literally have no business experience in this industry. You're going to put a really big chunk of money down to buy this business with the hopes that you're going to grow it and scale it. It can be pretty risky. And there's not a lot of people, if you think about it, Kelly, you were talking a second ago about many Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. There's not a lot of folks who are wanting to get involved in business who have the ability to, you know, write a $1.5 million check and get involved. Or into buy it.
0: a franchise. Yeah. I mean, franchises are out of reach for the average American. And I've been through the years involved in several direct sales organizations, I guess it's my entrepreneurial spirit at heart. Yeah. I'm always like, how can I make extra money? <laughs> so, And I'm involved with Bonvera now, so I'm proud to say. So let's delve more into the products that Bonvera sells. Wellness is the number one category across the board in the direct sales space. But tell us more about Bonvera's top product lines You know, and why they're different or better.
2: So we're really focusing on health and wellness right now. And we obviously have plans over the next couple of years to broaden out and get into different business verticals. One of our rules of thumb, and uh, when I came in with the new board, we want to be able to be the top in a particular category. We wanna be c- competing to be the best. We don't wanna come in in a particular business vertical and have a, a an also ran product, a, a fifth or sixth best in the space. So very much taking a play out of GE's playbook and Jack Welch from back in the day. Uh, so the, the the areas where we're really focusing are health and wellness. So we have a physics energy drink line. Uh, we also have a physics MD line, which should be I, I think it's world-class pharmaceutical-grade nutraceuticals and vitamins that are created in, in incredible pharmaceutical-grade facilities. A lot of the stuff that you'll get over-the-counter in the supermarkets, made overseas, when you really do a, a certificate of analysis and deep dive in what's in those products, it's not a premium product, and there's a lot of fillers. So we're really trying to focus on a top-in-class, best-in-class products and services. Our Catano line is leveraging a superfood out of Africa, which is Moringa. It's now starting to become more and more of the rage. But uh, you know, there was a front-page article in the Wall Street Journal not long ago. They're talking about it's going to be the next version of kale.
0: Right. It's more nutritious than kale.
2: It's incredible. I mean, this, this the, the plant like grows like a weed in Africa. And in terms of if you take a look at the vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, uh, all the various properties. It's a truly a superfood. One of the products that hit the market here within the U.S. a number of years ago was the acai berry out of Brazil. Yes. and so we're I think we're at the very front, uh, leading edge of a new revolution with a new product coming to market. We're very very proud about that. Well, the other thing I'd say about the Catano product is one of the things that we're passionate about as a company is not just building a successful company and helping entrepreneurs be successful, but also doing good in the world. And our relationships in Africa are all based on helping female entrepreneurs and female empowerment in sub saharan Africa. So those are the partners that we work with. So. Uh, it's, it's really encouraging to see that take place. I
0: have loved I love that part of it and learning about how the women in Africa are really the ones who are running things, and they're the farmers, and they're the ones who are figuring out how to make a business out of Moringa. And I love that Bonvera really brings the convergence of commercial entrepreneurism and social entrepreneurism together. And my son is a, a student at Florida State, as you know, and he had to make a decision whether to major in commercial entrepreneurship or social entrepreneurship. And he's like, mom, I don't understand. Shouldn't they just be all one thing? I mean, shouldn't it just, when? since when do you have to choose whether you're going to be a commercial or a social enterprise? So I've always loved that part of Bonbera and being a part of crafting and telling that story. One of the goals of this podcast is to dispel myths about marketing, public relations, entrepreneurship, just in general. In my experience, people either love the direct sales model or they hate it. They're just like, no, hold the cross-up, right. don't talk to me about it. <laughs> or they're like, I want to hear all about it. What right. are you doing? So what do you think are the biggest myths or the most misunderstood aspects of a direct sales company?
2: Oh, that's a great question. You know, the, the direct sales industry has been around for uh decades. And so I think there's a lot of folks who probably had an experience with a direct sales company maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago and have a misconception of, of what the industry is, what it stands for. And just like in any industry, uh, you know, whether you are purchasing a product from a dealership, whether you're in the financial services industry, whether you're in the medical industry, uh, you, you've got good good actors and bad actors. Right. And unfortunately, there's been some bad actors that have been in this space that have either said or done things that have kind of given the industry, tarnished the industry a little bit. But what I remind folks is, look, you you don't shut down every hospital in America because you had one doctor that was sued for malpractice. Right. You don't shut down every car dealership in America because you had one sales guy someplace that you know did something you know inappropriately. So don't paint the industry with a broad brush. And I would say give the industry, for those who are, are wanting to discover more and look at it, give the industry a chance and take a look at what's happening because what we're seeing right now is the industry is going through a, a a resurgence and there a lot of new companies are are being founded and stepping into this space and one of the things that Bonvera is excited about is to be part of that that vanguard that's leading the way and looking at this space differently and creating a, a company and an opportunity and products that are going to serve customers into the future.
0: So one of the product lines I'm partial to is. Lubella Clean Skin Care because I was very involved with helping to relaunch that product for Bonvera. You already had a skincare line and we worked with a formulator to completely reformulate into a proprietary anti-aging systems primarily right. is what we're selling. And so we rebranded, well, we did a brand refresh, right. we reformulated, we repackaged. We created a program called Skin School so mm-hmm. we could educate Bonvera entrepreneurs. And now I believe it's one of the top-selling product lines. Am I correct?
2: It is. And what I, I actually will give you a credit on two different things here. Two of our top-selling product lines are uh, – products that you helped us reformulate and secure and you and your firm were the marketing genius behind and bringing key relationships within the industry to the company which I I can't thank you enough for you know so you you, you mentioned something here a second ago we did have we launched with a great Lubella skincare system with the company a number of years ago with the original owners. When I came in with the new board, new ownership team, we wanted to say, look, this is a great product, but we want to be best in class. We want to get even better. And so you brought these great industry experts to the table, helped us go out there and take it to the next level from A to Z, from not only the product line, but also on the marketing side. So it's, it's done extremely well. And uh, I would just say we, you know, everybody <laughs> at the company thanks you for that.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I really wasn't fishing for a compliment, but since you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been one of my favorite yeah. projects. And so as part of that, what we looked at was, what do women want in a skincare system? And it's such a competitive industry. And so we really focused on making it clean. That's Mm -hmm. really big with younger women and, making it work, fast acting. So, clean skin care. care. Clean, yeah, clean skin, skin care.
2: care that gets results. There's yes. so much noise out there in this space. Everybody wants to jump in because within the skin care industry, I mean, there, as you know, I mean, it can be, depending on the line that you get behind, the, the, the margins are uh, can be very good for right. a particular company. So, if companies are out there operating of like, hey, we're just looking at maximizing margins, but they're really not worried about, okay, well, what's the type of product that we're putting on, yeah, a person's skin, which is the largest organ of the body, that those Absorbs chemicals are everything. being absorbed in. So we wanted two things: we wanted to be extremely healthy. We wanted to make sure that the toxic chemicals that so many skincare uh, regimens and and companies are using, we don't want to have any of that in there. So it's it's got to be extremely clean, but it's also got to be effective. A lot of times when you're taking a, when you take out key chemicals or components and ingredients of these lines, the effectiveness can also wear off. And so it was a very difficult process to make sure that we were extremely healthy, but also delivering the top-notch results that our females Want to make sure that they're getting?
0: Yeah, and there was a learning curve because the women who started using the product were seeing results that they weren't used to, and they didn't like it at first. But <laughs> yeah. you know, you have to go through a little bit of a pain to That's get right. to the, the pinnacle of of having great skin. But
2: well, I, I will say for your listeners, if you if you try the product, you don't have to go through any pain right now. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I just mean you know yeah. it it basically resurfaces it's, your yeah. skin. So what about the CBD line? Can we talk about that?
2: Yeah, let's talk about it. So, the CBD line, you helped us with the relationship there, and we've got a, a, a phenomenal partner, Vive Mood, for those who want to check it out. And again, it's a pharmaceutical grade. It's created by a pharmacist. There's a There are so many people rushing into the CBD space.
0: It's everywhere.
2: It's all over the place. And again, we said, okay, well, if we're going to be competing in this sector, which is a high growth, high momentum sector, Uh, We want to make sure that we have something that's very unique and distinctive. And so we looked at somebody who would be able to formulate a partner. We want to be able to have a certificate of analysis on the product from growth all the way to table, basically. And we want to have a – this is being derived and formulated by a licensed pharmacist. And again, top-of-the-line quality so that we want to be able to give the best product to our customers.
0: And compliance, really having that compliance component to make sure that everything that you put out there is pure and works because there are CBD places popping up everywhere, but you don't know what you're getting.
2: You really don't. And one of the things that i found as I've been talking with CEOs from other companies and that are kind of – uh, and these, these would be good, good companies, but they're decrying some of the, the bad actors. We were talking about bad actors. Yes. Anytime that there's an opportunity, it's going to attract people who are looking for a quick profit. And so this sector of the industry, there's folks that are jumping on board, you know, and they're just putting a cheap product out there. There's, they're submitting a certificate of analysis for independent review, and it shows that the product is high quality. They'll post that on their website, but then they'll start degrading the formulation of what they're actually delivering to the public. So there's a lot of industry watchdogs out there that are trying to make sure that all the products are, are, are safe. And so you really need to make sure you're partnering with a respected company within this sector. You do, sector.
0: With, a, with a track record and a history. So let's talk a little bit about this business model and being an entrepreneur with Bonvera. How much money can you make at this?
2: Well, it depends on how much money that you want to make and how much effort you want to put into it, All right? So there will be companies within this sector that will promote get-rich-quick opportunities. And I, I kind of smile and chuckle when I see that because those are the, the ones that we would say, those are the bad actors that give a sector and an industry a bad name. There's no such thing in the world as a get-rich-quick opportunity. Uh, it, with entrepreneurship, you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. One thing that And one of the reasons why we call the entrepreneurs that are coming and partnering with Bonvera, an entrepreneur as opposed to a rep or a distributor or some other term, is we want them to intuitively know you are an entrepreneur and with entrepreneurship comes work. And so it, depending on how much work you want to invest in building your business will determine how much reward. Now, we have folks that will come in and they just want to be able to purchase some great product. That's great. We love we love make customers. Make enough
0: money to pay themselves back for what they're going to buy anyway.
2: Correct, and then you'll have folks that will say, "Hey, well, based on the, their purchasing habits or friends or family that might also be purchasing, uh, they've worked up to where they're getting their product for free. They're getting they're getting paid back, and they're making a couple hundred bucks a month, and they're happy with that." There's a, there's people I know, folks that are like, "I just want to make five hundred bucks a month." There's an easy pathway, or there's a very. The, the, detailed pathway to get to five hundred bucks a month. But we've got folks that will be making a thousand, twenty five hundred, five thousand. We've got people making ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month because they've built a business right. that allows them to do that. Now, of course, when you get to that level, a lot of times people will no longer be doing this as a part-time gig or freelancer opportunity. They're now saying, well, you know what? At this level, I can actually quit my other job and do this full time, work from home, have a little more freedom, have a little more independence, and they can continue to scale their business.
0: I think that validates why... 80% of direct sales organization entrepreneurs are women because a lot of us want to have a second income or we want to have a home-based business. Mm -hmm. And like you said, this is a business in in a box, so you can get going with it without a big investment. But it can turn into, and I know several people, probably a half dozen people who it has turned into their you know, in the high six figures Mm -hmm. career, and they've been able to quit their job and have freedom to live the way they want and travel and work from wherever and all that's great. So one overarching issue that Mary Beth, my co-host, and I've been discussing recently, and we plan to delve into further on a future podcast, is the imbalance of leadership, particularly when it comes to women having seats on boards of directors. This is nothing new. We see this I think it's a work-life balance thing that a lot of women who start to get at a point in their career where they're just like, I just can't do all this. And so they may drop out for a while. The ones who do make it to those high-level board seats are often have sacrificed quite a bit or maybe don't have children or right. maybe aren't married. So how does Bonvera embrace women in leadership roles?
2: Well, I think that this is a very important concept for us. And I could share with you Work that we're doing with Crown Financial uh, in Sub-Saharan Africa and the, the empowerment of female entrepreneurs there, as you've stated earlier in the in the podcast, you know, upwards of eighty percent of the entrepreneurs within this industry are female. And so we realize that we have to be able to resonate with the female audience and that the female audience, we need to make sure that we have the voice and understand the uh, the mindset of the, our female customers. And we've got a lot of really incredible female entrepreneurs that are in leadership positions within Bonvera. So if you kind of take a look at our field board, our ICAA, uh, on the last this last year, 40%, of those individuals, those board of directors were female. I think we just had an election, and I want to say maybe 50% of the board now is is female. That's great. Uh, when it comes to the staff at our home office and headquarters, about 50%, if I'm not mistaken, 50% of all of our staff are female. One of the other things that we're trying to do with our staff is we have 50% of our workforce that are millennials. So we really want to make sure that we're doing a great job of understanding a younger demographic, what their needs and perspectives are. But then again, if you take a look at our board and our... Our leadership. We've got a great cross-section. We've got people who have been in the industry for 30 plus years. As my dad says, he's, he always say, Bob, if you want to be successful in life, surround yourself with people who have gray hair, right? And so we've got <laughs> uh, some some great wisdom with some folks who have been around for a while, who know the industry inside and out. Uh, we've got some young folks, and we also have, a, I think, a really strong leadership bench with our female entrepreneurs.
0: I think so too, and I've had the opportunity to meet several of them, and it, it is an impressive Group of women who are helping lead this company. One stat that I read too that I think is misunderstood is that in direct sales companies, most of the entrepreneurs are millennials or Gen X. Whereas I always had the perception that it was older, it was mm-hmm. baby boomer, it was, you know, older people my parents' age who mm-hmm. were getting into it. More younger and younger people are interested in this type of business. So before we wrap up here, if there was one thing you would tell somebody, who has always been curious or maybe even a little bit skeptical about direct sales, what would you tell them?
2: I would would tell that individual to give it a second look. And you know, just to be thinking about some of the words that one of the best in, in investors of our generation has says, you want to place yourself in quick-moving streams or currents within society. And the thing that I would tell you is that unlike 20 or 30 years ago, where there were a lot of factors that were not moving in this direction, if you take a look at what's happening globally, this is a $192 billion a year industry. We have got the gig economy and the freelancer economy, that this is not a flash in the pan. It's here to stay. We have radical changes that are happening uh, globally that are people are looking for these types of opportunities. So you're going to find world-class products and services offered within this space. You're going to find all sorts of new companies that are being uh, started. Uh, but I would also say that you know, with all of that, I'll, I'll give a shout out to the industry as a whole, but very few companies, I believe, are looking at how they can come into this sector and radically disrupted. And so maybe a closing comment on that would be this. If you take a look at what's happening right now within the U.S. and global economy, huge, huge sectors are being radically disrupted by a new player, a new entrant who is looking at how can I come in, do something different? Leverage technology and radically change the game. Think about how Uber went into a tired old industry, taxi cab industry, and radically upset that. Yes. Think about Airbnb, how they went into an old kind of archaic hotel industry, how and look how they've blown that whole thing up. Yep. Take a look at Shipped. You know, a, a, a buddy of mine started that a few years ago, and said, I'm going to I'm going to use technology and do grocery delivery. I mean, there's so many examples out there of this. And so, what I would say in this particular space, that's one of the things that we are looking to do at Bonvera is not to be your grandfather's direct sales company, or your grandmother's direct sales company, but to come in and radically shake things up by doing some things different. So. Uh, That would be what I would share with some folks.
0: And I think you're doing just that. How can people find out more about the Bonvera opportunity?
2: Well, you can learn more about Bonvera at bonvera.com. That's B-O-N-V-E-R-A.com. Uh, And also you can listen as I uh, am doing the same thing that you're doing. I've launched a podcast with a lot of the the leaders of our team and uh, folks that we're engaging with, and it's Taking the Leap podcast by Bob Dickey. And so if you want to learn a little more about what we're doing and some of the entrepreneurs that we're serving, you can uh, hear some great interviews over there. And maybe another thing that I would just highlight as we're talking about this particular topic, when I'm sitting down, I'm chatting with somebody, maybe one of the concerns that someone would have would be is like I don't know if I'm a good salesperson. I don't I don't want to sell to my friends and my family. I just feel awkward about that, and you know it, it becomes a it can become a pretty big fear. And one of the things that I you know will share with people is like whether you know it or not, no matter what you do in life. No matter what job you have, you are in sales. You are selling yourself. You are the way you present yourself, the way you talk, everything that you do. Uh, I I was in I was in uh, sales before I knew I was in sales. When I was courting my wife and trying to get her to date me, right? (laughs) I was I was trying. I did a really good job for those of you uh, who know my wife know that I married way above my station in life. So (laughs) I I I consider (laughs) myself a, a great salesman in that regard, but. So one of the things that 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 will be a misconception, People, I don't wanna sell. I, I tell folks this story, I said, do you know that when you are passionate about a product or a service or something that you really, really like, you know how easy it is to promote that? You know how many BMWs I have sold in my lifetime because I'm a raving fanatic about that car brand? And you know how much I've ever been paid for, for, from BMW for that? Zero dollars. But I am, I'm a raving advocate because I've been, in, I've been in two car accidents where I believe the vehicle saved my life. And the very first BMW, just to kind of go off a rabbit trail here, the very first BMW I bought was when I was a captain in the Air Force in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I was transitioning out of that job and my replacement was coming in. And uh, my job was to teach him and tell him all about the local area and get them all set up before I PCS'd. And so it was on a Friday afternoon, he said, hey, Bob, I need to get a vehicle for me and my wife. You know, What would you recommend? And I was joking. I was joking with him at the time. I said, whatever you do. I said, you can go down, here's where you can go. You've wanted a luggage rack for uh, surfboards right. for the beach. Yeah, I say, you know, the Jeep dealership's over here and there's a Chevy dealership over here. And, you know, but whatever you do, don't go down to the BMW dealership and drive one of their vehicles. And I just left it at that. And he looks at me and goes, well, why? What do you mean? I said, because if you drive one of those cars, you will buy one. I, pro- I promise you, All <laughs> right, come. That was a, on a Friday afternoon. Come Monday morning, sitting in my parking spot out in front of the, my, um, the headquarters at Hickam Air Force Base was a brand new X5 that that guy had bought. And he was raving. About so look. I, In my entire career, I, I have become a raving fan and advocate for incredible products that I love. And I think that's one of the things that people need to understand about this industry is that if you get involved in direct sales generally it's you're getting involved because you love a product you love a service This is something that has uh you know we have weight loss products where people have radically transformed their life by losing 15 30 45 pounds You they're like this is incredible you know how easy it is for that person to recommend it to their friend their neighbor you know somebody in their life and so if if you're trying to sell something this would be the, the I guess Closing piece of advice on this point. If you're trying to sell something that you don't believe in, that you don't like, and you're just kind of going through the motions, you're not going to be successful. So you've got to find a company that you, you, you love. You've got to find a product that you love. I've been selling BMWs for the last 20 years. Never once got a commission on it, but I love that car. That car saved my life. And so uh, the, the entrepreneurs that we have that partner with us are doing the same thing. They, they've used a product, they've used a skincare system, they've used the, you know, they're on the the, the weight loss program, they're, they're the vitamins and so forth. They've had a life transformation and they share that story and that the product sells itself.
0: It does. And we know that's the most powerful form of selling is one-to-one recommendations, mm-hmm. whether that be face-to-face or social media. So I couldn't agree more. It's been a pleasure to have you on Misinterpreted. And I appreciate you so much as a, as a friend and a mentor and just a, a great inspiration. And on that note, to our listeners, don't forget to follow the Ms. Interpreted podcast on social media. We will respond to your questions and comments. So please post them using the hashtag MS Interpreted. And for visibility's sake, don't forget to capitalize the PR. You can also follow me on Twitter at KDFletcher as well as at FletcherPR. And follow Mary Beth West at Marybeth West. Our thanks to our sound engineer Chris Hill of Knoxville-based Tumblepod. At humblepod.com. And it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Chris. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on Misinterpreted, Public Relations Demystified. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at com and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.